When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Mahani Jahangiri and welcome to Conversations with My Dog. Today's guest is animal physiotherapist Donna Wills. She offers physiotherapy to all animals in need of the therapeutic touch and has experience working with not only domestic pets, equine and farm animals, but also exotic and zoo animals, having even spent time treating elephants in Thailand. Now, it is a great honor to see Donna, see you here on the show. Hello. It's so great to see you. I cannot believe that we're finally seeing each other online face to face after such a long time. Now, that must have been about three, four years ago that we met up in a pub. (laughs) somewhere on South Bank with your beautiful daughter. Yes, no, thank you. It has been absolutely ages, hasn't it? It's crazy how time flies. But um, but yeah, our connection has gone back years, hasn't it? Which is lovely. Just wanted to check in with you. Um, we met about three, four years ago, but originally we met in 2012 at Harrods Pet Spa. Or Pet Spa, that, that's correct. It was a pet spa at Harrods where you... Well, working as a very residential physiotherapist for animals, but, you know, in this case for dogs. And I got a slot uh, there. I think it was even like a Monday night or something like that, where, where Harris invited me to, to, to actually offer Doga. Uh, alongside the um, obviously your physiotherapy and the grooming, what an amazing arrangement was that! When I think about it now, it was a huge platform. It must have been such a great platform for yourself at that time. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was an amazing opportunity. I was very proud to be the physio at Harrods. I mean, it was incredible. I met incredible people, did incredible things, ended up on TV several times. And did cool stuff like your yoga, which um, your doga, I really enjoyed that. So, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful opportunity. And I met such amazing people. And, yeah, it was it was great fun. You know, when I think about it now, uh, this is about nine years ago. Can you imagine this would have taken off like nuts? Uh, the, the combination of the grooming side, the physiotherapy and the dogo. Now that I understand so much more about doga and what doga really is, and I found my niche and I found my my voice and my my training and and everything. You know, there's been it really took eight years to build doga up to understand who's it for, what's it good for, health and safety, all this stuff. But at that time, I just had this beautiful platform and. 
I only just received Robbie. I mean, Robbie just arrived in my arms as, as a rescue. And yet I spent time with you. And what was her name? Amy uh, from, from the Grooming Salon. And you guys had so much experience behind you. And you taught me so much uh, about how to set up Doga. You literally helped me and gave me that uh, bit of confidence um, to trust the animals and that it was okay to be off lead. Uh, and do you remember there was this glass there and people were just staring through the glass as we were doing our doga with we had we had logan we had robbie and who else did we had at that time about three four dogs there were i can't i can't remember their names at all no but the but that's the thing with lots of animal industries you know you do tend to find that you know they take time to for people to get their heads around it and you know our animal care and ownership has evolved massively over the years and you know we've gone from a world where dogs are dogs kept in the shed and all that sort of thing to a place where dogs are completely loved and I would say that that's happened very much just within my sort of 18 years of nursing as well you know so it's um it, it's been a, a real change so I think that when whenever anybody has something new to do from a business point of view it, it takes time for people to get their head around this idea I, I mean I mean, dog grooming never used to be very busy, you know, very popular at all. And and certainly in the early stages, it was really just about, you know, getting some mud off a stinky dog. But now look at dog grooming. I mean, it's an art form. So, um, you know, they, they take it to, to such a new height. And it's very much like the spa experience, like it is for a human and all that sort of thing. And and I, I think it's wonderful. I, I really do. And I, and I think there's so many different things, so much dog sports, so much dog dancing um you we love our dogs now so much and, it, and it's not to say we didn't love them before but everything's just evolved and I, I certainly know my business has changed a lot over the years as well and you know so is veterinary care and so is everything and even veterinary care is a very fundamental thing but even that has had to evolve so yeah it's amazing how much change has been over the years I mean you're just opening a whole um you know if I say kind of worms and everything, uh, so many things have to be considered to set up a business, uh, like something like physiotherapy, to even get the recognition. Was there a time when animal physiotherapy was laughed at? I mean, Doga is still being laughed at. I mean, Doga, is st it's, it's not yet taken properly serious. Was there a time where animal physiotherapy, you know, people were going, ha, yeah, of course. Of you know. course, of course. And I'm not kidding. I'm going to tell you this story now and it will make you laugh because even now it is laughed at. And that is ridiculous because, you know, all my clients, all my people who use me all the time would just, uh, you know, they would be lost without the guidance of their physio. Um, and yet some people just cannot understand, you know, when I say I'm an animal physiotherapist, they say, what? Animals need physio. And I've literally had that the whole of my career. But over time, it's got better. And I'm not kidding, I had um, a scenario, it was obviously before this COVID malarkey and I was at my circus skills group. So you can imagine how much of a niche area I was in when I was already in a circus group. And, um, and this was just fun. And a dad was talking to me about his son's career and he wanted his, his son wanted to be a magician. And my friend who was a juggler said, because um, uh, the dad was saying, oh, I'm just not sure there's really a career for him to be a magician. I mean, how much work is there? And my friend turned and pointed at me and said, well, she's an animal physio, so she can make a living doing that on dogs. I'm sure that your son can be a good magician. And I was like, 
oh my god you you really think that my job's that weird and um and it, it really isn't but um but yeah absolutely i mean around a long while but you know, certainly people now see it more mainstream as that than they ever used to and literally year on year we're getting more and more popular and more and more is known and it's more and more science backing up what we do and stuff as well which is fantastic but yeah it's, it's taken a long time for people to recognize its importance which leads me to my crazy question which you may not have understood when i wrote it out but um so we're talking science now going back to science why would it be mad when we are mammals humans are mammals the dogs we're all mammals we all have a muscular skeletal body correct and dog carry tension because they carry tension we carry tension and we originally were on all fours just like animals and why actually in fact how close are we um in terms of oh, structure spinal structure uh between a canine and a human yeah no absolutely and it is it is really interesting because we now have uh hum, humanimal there's humanimal trust um, where they're trying to raise funds for comparing human and animal anatomy and you know, sharing medicine, sharing the science, sharing the knowledge, sharing the surgeries, because there is a lot that can be extrapolated from the human world and used on the animal world and vice versa. At the end of the day, as much as we don't like testing on animals, that happens both ways and it helps both sides out, you know. And so, um, you know, sometimes we learn stuff and use it on people for a long time and then start using it on animals. So it's, it's quite amazing actually and um you know the body is completely used in a different way so for example on a dog um their you know their bone lengths might be completely different so their back legs aren't really long like our back legs but their front legs are the same sort of length roughly um whereas you know on humans we've got short arms and long legs so we do have differences of course but you know fundamentally absolutely the same and you know healing times very similar all that sort of thing so you're absolutely right there's no reason why we shouldn't be um doing physio when we would do it on ourselves i think that people don't necessarily recognize how important physio is for themselves either and that's probably where some of the issue is absolutely the same way the same way that when i mentioned doga People, the ones that snigger or laugh or frown, I always, I ask them, have you done yoga? And they went, oh, I only tried it once. So usually the people that have done the yoga understand that it's an internal thing. It is about breathing mostly. You know, people have, uh, the ones that have done it regularly, and then kind of also then understand that it's not the dog doing the yoga, but it could be calming for the for the dog eventually so it's it, it, it is a, a mindset it, it it kind of needs a certain type of person um it sounds really crazy but uh it, it does reflect back yeah no it's, it's not crazy at all and i totally agree with you and i think that equally you can go further and say that unless you've done a doga class you wouldn't understand it i think there's plenty of people doing yoga that would not understand wanting to take your dog with them um so it's you know when you understand dog behavior, I think you're probably the closest you're going to be to understanding it because, you know, dogs read uh, you everything off of you and your behavior and the energy you give them. And they reflect that. And yoga encompasses that reflection of good energy. And 
you know, when I did the doga, sorry, because, you know, when I've done, I did your doga class and I loved it. I've done yoga and I have to say, I don't particularly love it. <laughs> so, um, but it's not, it's not because I'm against yoga as such. It's just that I really loved it when my dog was involved. And to me, that was so much better. And it, it enhanced everything. It meant I felt like I was doing it for my dog as well as me. And then that kind of gave it more reason and more meaning. And so that's why I'm saying, actually, I would I would go further and say that, you know, yes, it, it does take a certain type of person, but it also takes somebody who just really understands dogs to really appreciate how much comes out of it. And when you do do a doga class, your your mind is absolutely blown because you can't imagine how amazing the dogs are in it and you just have an amazing time. So you know, I'm totally sold on Doga. <laughs> oh, and and Logan really enjoyed it. How 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 is Logan? How's Logan? Is 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 still around? I mean, how how old is Logan now? Logan's right here, um, with no. me laying here. Um, <gasps> oh my baby, my first Doga client, Logan. Logan, it's your Doga teacher. Um um. <laughs> he's very much sleeping through this right now um but no he's amazing but he's obviously very very old now and you know we do have to appreciate that he's he's 15 and a quarter and when you get 15 and a quarter and you're a large border collie you really start to count the days <laughs> so yeah I'm very proud of him what did it take to get logan to live that long is it physiotherapy did you do a lot of massage with logan or or what is it the diet what is it what's the secret I believe that there's several things. I don't believe it's just one thing, but I think I'm going to go completely down your alley there. I just believe that if you've got the right energy around them, that really helps. And, um, you know, I, I really strongly believe that because it, I don't know what else it could possibly be. I mean, there's plenty of dogs that are out there that are lean and all those amazing things and they've not made it. So, you know, I'm just very proud. But I do agree that keeping the weight off, um, you know, not necessarily what you're feeding as, you know, I, I mean, obviously, you know, good food is obviously a good thing, but, you know, I'm not, you're going to sit and say, oh, it's been I feeding this, that and the other. It's just that I do keep his weight as a good, good level. And that is perfect. It's got to be lean. Um, and, you know, I can't even say it was how he was brought up because he's a rescue, you know, so it wasn't certainly not breeding or anything. He probably came from a puppy farm. Like, that's not my intention. It's just that he's a rescue. <laughs> so Exactly, exactly. Like with Robbie. Yeah. So I had him from about five, six months old and, um, you know, and he's been loved ever since. And he does get a lot of massages and love and he has barely been away from my side. I mean, even when I worked in in Harrods I mean I used to take him on the train for an hour with me and he was very loved when he used to come in and everybody used to sort of give him pats on the train and I remember one time this lovely man I just I was so shocked he he thought Logan was really thirsty and I'm not mean he was fine <laughs> but um but the man was like oh you must be thirsty and he didn't have a bowl but he had a bottle of water so he poured water into his own hand and handed it to my dog and I laughed so much because Logan went, thanks very much, but I don't actually want that. <laughs> so he didn't drink it. So the man was just there with a wet hand. <laughs> but he's just had so much care and love over his years. And, you know, and I'm not saying that any dog that doesn't make it isn't loved at all. But, you know, that's just, he's just been at my side. He's literally my right-hand man. He's, he's been my demo dog for all these years. And, yes, he's had physio and everything he's ever needed. Um, but, yeah, and I, I don't 
throw more at him than he can handle. I read him, I read his body language, I, I read his stress levels, if you like, and I always respond accordingly. Um, and I think that's what's made him, you know, still here. And, you know, I've made adaptions as he's changed. So, like, you know, he's old now and he's very, very slow on his walk. So, you know, to save him being slow to the walk, I, he has a buggy. So he goes in his buggy now and then we get to the park and then he gets out of the buggy and then he can run around and do what he needs to do and then we get him back. And it means he can still go on the massive family walks because we can walk two hours, but he can't. Um, So, you know, we've made those adaptions and, yeah, it's great. I can't believe it. You know, Robbie's nine years old now. He's nine. And I'm I'm getting a bit panicky. I'm getting a bit, oh, that, that time has come now. In You know what I'm talking about, oh, yeah. about understanding that he won't be here forever. And um, yeah, I can't imagine my life without him, but I know there will be a life after Robbie. But it has, nine, it, it's hit me this year that it is nine years and that, that's not nine years in human years, it's nine, nine times seven. So... Uh, and also, by yeah. the way, I, I got a lot older. I, I noticed I re- they've already offered my vaccine because I'm just about under 50. I mean, we're all getting older, but it's just this realization. I think this is, this is where it's so unfair because you say, I love you so much. Why can you not grow old with me all the way? Um, why do you have to be faster than well, me? Uh, who knows? You know, you never know. I might die before, but anyway. I think it's, um, I, there, so there is actually a, literally a word for what you're going through. Um, I can't remember the word of it now either, but I have been with you. I understand. And the minute Logan turned 12, I started grieving. You grieve in advance and it's ridiculous. And you just tell yourself off because you think, for goodness sake, it's silly. Um, and I can't, I can't help it. You can't help it. It is what it is. But I will say this, Robbie is a small dog, which means that he's, he, although he is officially geriatric, he is going to last longer, typically, than a large dog. So, you know, I mean, Logan being here is ridiculous. That is just insane. No, but, but this I'm very is, proud of it. It's amazing. It's, you know, I just, I just can't believe it. But you have a second person, a person, a second dog in your family, Swagger. What an incredible story about Swagger. What happened there? A, a three-legged dog, a three-legged dog. How did that uh, come about? Swagger, he's a rescue as well. Um, and basically, as far as I understand, he ran into a football post and he got um, brachial plexus damage, which is basically his nerve in his shoulder. Um, and it was quite severe. Um so they called me in as a physio, but not until about two months after the event, um, for whatever reason. I wasn't the owner at the time, obviously. Um, and then the owner decided that he didn't want a three-legged dog, and realistically, Swagger was not going to be able to keep his leg. Um, so I said, I'll have him. So, yeah, so we got Swagger. And I have to say, most people can't even tell that he's got three legs. And when they do realise he's got three legs, they're like, whoa! How is your dog so fast? He outruns most other dogs. It's ridiculous. He's so fast. It's untrue. I just can't believe that the owner didn't want a three-legged dog. I mean, that's uh, that's that's uh, that's so cruel. It's not it's not the dog's fault, right? Um, that's life. 
and and we know that animals can cope on two legs even i mean what i saw in india you know it's it's unbelievable how these animals survive and keep going and um but yeah let's not let's not discriminate i mean what a wonderful did you ever think this will happen that you get a three-legged dog amazing no i mean i do well i have to say i mean this is where i go all bonkers and karma and all that stuff because i honestly believe things happen for a reason and i did not ever intend to have two dogs at the same time that was not my intention um i had fairly recently had my daughter and so she was only young um, I think she was two at the time and um, you know it wasn't the intention at all but Logan was starting to age and this dog needed a home and actually I said well I said look I'm not going to leave this dog in the lurch at all but you know unless obviously you know I'll basically have to figure it out will will the dog gel with my family as in my young daughter and will he gel with Logan Logan before had never paid any interest in having other dogs in the house he's good with other dogs but whenever they've come to visit he's always been like oh phew thank god they've gone after they leave so um so I, that's why i never intended to get another dog but um when i put logan and swagger together they just got on like a house on fire it was mad and i was like well they love each other and so um so then we did the introduction with my daughter and swagger was absolutely brilliant he still is it's just ridiculous he's so good um and so we thought well everybody loves him so and, and it's all going well so we'll we'll go for it and then so we brought swagger home and honestly logan and swagger i do think that might be some of the reason why logan's still with us is because logan and swagger are like little mo naughty mo monsters in crime and they they tag team on the barking and all sorts of things so um you know it's it's actually worked out wonderfully it really has and yeah it's quite a shock because obviously yeah bonkers it Absolutely. I mean, I have sort of this 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 vision that the right dog will come along and it will be most likely a rescue dog because Robbie's a rescue. Uh, I can't see myself buying a puppy, uh, potentially rescuing a puppy. Yeah. But uh, do you know what I mean? It will probably be a dog's younger, of course, but not puppy puppy, because I think Robbie Robbie's not very good with puppies. I have to tell you that he's become really, really um, slightly how can it grumpy. He tells them off a lot. All the puppies that come, he goes, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> you know. And uh, even in Doga, you know, I don't know how he's going to be in Doga in the next Doga class. He'll tell everybody off to sit down on the yoga mats and listen to the teacher. You know, he's really quite controlling and bossy now. I mean, that does happen. I mean, personalities change over a lifetime. I mean, you look at people, that happens with people. And um, But also, you know, there is a possibility that he's starting to get arthritis. Um, and then that might make him feel a bit nervous that another dog might knock him. It might make him sore. So therefore, he starts to get a bit awkward around them and telling them off just in advance. So it's not saying he is in pain all the time or anything like that, but he might be thinking that he might be, in which case they start to sort of say, back off, puppy. Um, and they have no tolerance for that behavior. Well, so let's get back to your expertise. Well, let's talk about arthritis. I mean, would this be something that we would, we as owners will come to you because of ailments like, like arthritis? I mean, what illnesses, what, um, why do, why, why do your customers come to you specifically? What is the main, the main thing? So I definitely say that the main thing is arthritis because it's the one thing that you mainly think 
oh god I'm seeing this problem and then they and and to be honest some of them just come to me like right at the end they think oh I just there's nothing left to do let's just try that have a last pop um and I do always think please please come to me earlier than that because there's an awful lot I can do to stop you getting to that stage so early um and you know and they have such amazing results and stuff so yeah most of what I do is arthritis but also because arthritis is so ridiculously common I mean you know, 80% of dogs age eight have got arthritis in, that's radiographically evident in two or more joints. So that is insanely common. That means, you know, 10 dogs in a room, eight of them have got arthritis in two or more joints. That's ridiculous. So, um, yeah, so obviously arthritis is a big one, but then it's basically any sort of, if you think it for a person, you can think it for an animal. So, you know, hip dysplasia, elbow dysplasia, ruptured cruciate ligament, any post-operative care that's been on joints or muscles, um, muscle strains. A lot of times even some, you know, vets will send me things when they're not sure either, you know, because this dog's got a random lameness and they've tried everything and thought of everything and, and just can't quite get get it sorted. And, you know, as we not well know that, you know, bodies are complicated and there's many other factors involved, like fascia and stuff like that. And so we can work as a really good team to figure out what the problems are as well. So, yeah, there's no real limitation. And I would always say to anyone, if you've got any any sort of thought that your dog's got any mobility problem at all, just ring up a physio because it does cost nothing to make a phone call. You know, it's just a bit of time and then ask them what they think they can do to help. And then you'll know your answer, you know, because there's tons that we can do. And we give the programs to the owners as well. So it's not like you've got to go to the session and, you know, and that's it. You've got to live at the physio every week for the next, you know, God knows how long. You know, we, we load you up with exercises to do at home and we just make sure that we're watching your progression. And, you know, we do do a treatment, obviously. But, you know, the point is they get physio to do at home as well so that the progression is constant. Oh, fantastic. And speaking of treatment, and I'm going to have to read this, um, you, in your dissertation, you did an extensive study in the effect of, I'll get that, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy, P-E-M-F. And please, can you explain this? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we have loads of what we call electrotherapies. And electrotherapies are basically any sort of gadget that you might have used on you. Ones that people think of more frequently is things like laser or ultrasound. Those are all electrotherapies and much more commonly known about. Um, but I did one on my study on PEMF, which is pulse electromagnetic field therapy. Um, because although it's not as well heard of, it's brilliant. Um, and so I wanted to know more about it and understand it and you know, really see its effect. Um, and so I did it on dogs with osteoarthritis and we found that it was scientifically significant, the improvement the dog had after just two weeks of using it. And what happens in a dog that has PMF for osteoarthritis is, is where we go all sciencey. So in your joints, you have something called uh, transforming growth factor beta. And it's, it's a growth factor. It's not, um, it doesn't make you grow, but it is a growth factor. And when you start to age, you stop you stop making as many of those TGF beta bits and bobs. And so when you get arthritis, you have degenerative enzymes involved. And what we know is you can't have the TGF beta and the enzymes in equal measures. So you have one or the other. So when you're young, you have lots of TGF beta and hardly any enzymes with arthritis. And then when you're older, your TGF beta goes down. And so your degenerative enzymes for arthritis go up. And what the PMF does is it encourages the body to start reproducing the TGF beta. 
they don't stop don't stop growing or anything but they start growing the, the tgf beta and then it reduces as a result the um, osteoarthritis enzymes so basically it, it really has an effect in the joint on how it's how the arthritis is able to progress and so yes it's amazing absolutely amazing and um so i still use it today and i did that study 15 years ago <laughs> and and you use it um so do you um uh, is it like a little uh, is it a machine is it, is it does it vibrate does it, what does it do if you think it's a magnet basically but you know so people are already using magnets and you'll find people have magnetic bracelets and all sorts of things but those are called static magnets they don't have any sort of movement element within the energy. Um, so the electromagnetic, it's a really powerful magnet. It's almost like the ones that if you see um, a scrapyard, they have the big giant electromagnet that picks up a car and then they move it and then they turn off the magnet and it drops. And it's so it's like that. It's not as powerful as that, obviously, but it turns on and off and on and off and on and off in a pulse. And that pulse is what's acting on the electrical components within your body so it, it all sounds really bonkers but your body is you we have electrical stuff going on that's how a nerve is conducted and that's why we have electrolytes um which is the thing you always think oh i must re rehydrate get my electrolytes up your electrolytes are called that because they exert an electrical force when they're dissolved in water so um so there is electrics around our body all the time and that's what the magnets have an effect on. And then it helps reset those things. And it's getting even more, it's too complex for even me to describe because, you know, this is talking physics now. And this is where the biology and physics bit meet. And the biologist goes, ah, I can't do it. And the physics go, guy goes, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but it is, it is very, very interesting stuff. Um, and yeah, you just have to kind of go, oh, okay, I believe in it. But if you start Googling um, or any other search engine, um, you will find loads of information on PEMF. And there's even a book uh, written called PEMF, The Fifth Element, um, because it's it's actually is really, it has got quite a lot of studies behind it. Um, and it really is quite amazing. Um, and there's um, like a lot of people selling these machines now. Um, there's a company called uh, NewMed, and they are a UK-based company that sell loads of these different devices from all sorts of companies. Um, yeah, so they're, it's fantastic for healing. <laughs> and, and and do you do you offer this this metal uh, to the owner? Do they have to uh, the dog has to wear it all the way through for a certain amount of time, um, or or is it a once off? No. So one of the reasons why I really like it is because it's quite easy to apply. So the dog can just lay on a mat and then it it just penetrates the whole dog, um, and you can't stop that magnetic force really. So it's really good. Whereas things like lasers don't penetrate as deeply. So the PMF penetrates really very deeply, um, depending on the machine, obviously. Um, but yeah, they lay on this bed. And so I tend to use it while I'm doing their physio session. They'll lay on my mat while I'm doing my physio. And so they'll have sort of a double whammy, my treatment plus the PMF. Um, and then, it, you know, as a single session, obviously it's good, but it's not as good as it would be for a repeated session. So sometimes people hire the machines for like two weeks at a time and they might use it several a few times a day um and then some of my clients just buy their own as well because they see the benefit and think well i want mine so the dog has it all the time and i mean yeah i have to say that is something i mean logan has it every day and has done for a couple of years now so um 
you know, that might be another of his reasons. This could <laughs> definitely, oh my God, I have to try this on Robbie. I have to try. Now, what are the signs of arthritis? How would I know that Robbie has started with arthritis? What what do I look out for in a, a nine-year-old dog, for example? Like, for example, Robbie never walked properly on all fours. He always has like, he kicks his leg like Charlie Chaplin out to the side once in a while. We did a lot of running over the years, obviously, Doga, but uh, Robbie's always active with me with lots of running, but he never walked properly on all fours. They said to me, um, the lady who's doing the gallon therapy, uh, the founder of the Gallon Therapy, she said, oh, your dog's not walking evenly on all fours. You should watch out for that in in the future with the arthritis. What? Do, how, do I, how do I spot arthritis in my dog? It's a really good question. And, you know, it's also not a simple answer. So I think the easiest answer is anything that's unusual, go to the vet and get a checkup, and they'll probably tell you there is that because it's just so common. And you can obviously have your checkup done you know some of my clients come to me and I you know, get the referral and um you know not I'll, I'll see them and just do a mobility assessment and I might tell them there's reduced ranges in certain joint angles and you know those are all signs so but in terms of what you see at home it, you know it, it can really vary it can be that your dog just simply gets a bit dull a bit less excited when the postman comes a bit not you know not as active not as frequent to get up they might start to slip on the floor. They might be more you know, struggling to actually get off the floor because they've got some weakness. You might find that they're walking funny. They might do. But there are signs even before that. They might be licking certain areas of their joints. They might go off their food. Um, they might not be grooming as well. You know, they used to be able to lick their bum all the time and now they can't. You know, it's, uh, the, you know there's plenty of signs that are there, but it is quite hard to spot the early signs you know, because arthritis comes on slowly, so you don't necessarily reflect it. One big tip I can always give an owner, and I do think this is a really good idea for anybody, is to do a mobility diary for one week, four times a year. And that means you get all the seasonal changes. And what that means is that if you, you know, at the end of the day, you just write how your dog has been in mobility today. And just do that for seven days, and it gives you a little picture of what your dog's mobility is like. And you might find, for example, in the summer, they're really active, really playful, and in the winter they just sleep all the time. And that probably is a sign that, you know, they might have a problem. I mean, it's not going to be the be-all and end-all answer, but if even that slight difference might be enough. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, winter it's cold and all those sorts of things. Your dog might not be one that wants to go out in the cold, and that's fair enough. But, you know, to see that much difference in activity, or, for instance, they... Are a bit stiff or sore, you know, stiff getting out of bed in the morning. You know, they might have a little bit of a funny walk for a few strides before they sort themselves out. And that might be only present in the winter, but fine in the summer. So those sorts of things you can spot by doing a diary and also playing with toys. Are they playing with their toys as much as they used to? And, you know, often I'll find it, this is one of the big things that come. They, they come and they have a session with me and we'll talk about, you know, how they've been and all this stuff. We, we'll... Yeah, I'll get a full history. Obviously, people don't tell me what playing and toys they used to play with or whatever, but they'll come and see me a week later after I've done my treatment and started their plan. And they'll say, oh, my God, my dog went home and got this toy and they haven't played with it in years. And so, you know, you forget what they've not been doing. Do you see what I mean? So, you, you know, you, you don't even realise those changes have happened because you don't remember until you see them doing it again. And you think, oh, blimey, didn't even realise. 
So, you know, there's there's lots of signs of arthritis, but like I say, we don't necessarily always notice them. Slowing down going up the stairs, you know, dogs boing boing normally done it in three three strides, haven't they? But as they get older, they'll slow down how quickly they go up the stairs. Um, and you know, unless you've got a reason for that, you shouldn't just go slower because you're you're older. That's not how it works. You know, you there'll be other factors going on that has made you go slower. And it, you know, it could be muscle loss, could be anything. But all those things are physio things that you can take into consideration and things that you can fix. I've noticed when I Google you online, <laughs> like a stalker, uh, you have done a lot of TV appearances. Uh, you've been on all the all the big shows, uh, Channel 4, BBC, everything. Uh, but I don't see a lot of uh, demos with you showing things online. In fact, there's actually no online showing. And I wonder why that is. And I I'm very interested and curious <laughs> about your answer because I've got my answer for Doga. But go ahead, yeah. No, no, so there is there are demos, um, but it's just finding them in the right places. So on my Facebook page, um, there is a demo of me doing head massage, and um, there, you know, they are some of those demos on YouTube and stuff. Um, but there, I haven't aimed them at demos as such so i you know i've done the odd exercise and things and i've shown people what to do in in terms of certain exercises i'm very careful about what i put on um and and then i have got an online course to teach people how to do safe effective massage at home um so i think that i'm just uh careful about what i put where if you sort of mean um but yeah there, there are some out there but not those <laughs> And can um, something, if we copy something online, like a doggy massage from anybody, we Google in dog massage or dog dog pressure points, can we hurt the dog potentially? Yeah, sure. I mean, of course you can. If you do it wrong, that's not good, is it? So, um, but it's all about it's all about understanding what you're doing. So, for me, um, I did do an online course teaching people how to do safe, effective massage at home, and the reason for that was because. You can go out and buy a book doing massage, but they're very much still photos. So you're almost guided, but with no visual way of actually copying what, what you're seeing. And so I decided to do a video so that it would be a, a better way of learning. So you would know more about what you're actually doing. And it doesn't cover the deep tissue stuff at all, because that's, you know, you do need to know more when you're doing that level. But it's, the early stuff you know the stuff that anybody can do on their dogs and it's about bonding and you know learning to get your dog to be confident with being touched all over and you to be confident with doing some of those strokes like the effleurage and you some of the deeper strokes as well but not anything too intense and i did that because one people want to know it two people should know it um <laughs> and the dogs really benefit and also um my from my point of view i'm forever teaching people to do massage at home so that they can carry on the work i've done in my physio session so i do what i need to do and then i teach the owner okay you're going to do three things at home for me and it might be massage it might be exercises i, I don't know it depends on the case but if it's massage if the owner's already got a baseline knowledge it's really helpful for me because i can then add to that knowledge and the dog is already used to it so if you have a dog that's come in and they've never had a massage or been touched in their life, they are not going to be comfortable with being massaged because it's going to be weird voodoo for them. But if they've already been used to that process, then it's an awful lot easier for me to do my job. So 
Um, so that's what that course is all about. And then, um, and then, yeah, the stuff I put online for the, the exercise demos and stuff would be the exercises that are completely safe because there are some, I have seen some YouTube videos that horrify me, I'm not gonna lie. And you just think, oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I, I don't wanna see dogs being put on peanut balls when they've just had a operation a week earlier or whatever, if, you know, unless they've been told how to do that properly by the professional. Um, and so, yeah, I avoid all those sorts of things, but anything that's safe and, you know, you could learn it in a dog training class, then I'm good with. Absolutely. And, and I was going to say, uh, how long does it really take to become an, an animal physiotherapist? And do you need to be a human physiotherapist first? How long does that take? So how long it takes, it does depend. Um, frustratingly, these days, it's a part-time course. I don't actually know if anyone does it full-time, which kind of means that it just drags it out for the people doing the course. Um, but a, a lot of people are working at the same time and they might be working as a nurse or something. So it gives you a lot of experience in that time. So that's quite good. But I believe it takes about three years um, to do it. Um, there are different courses. It's so long since I did mine that obviously things change and evolve. Um, and in terms of do you need to be a human physio, that is a, a, a myth, total myth. And they used to say that, but it's no, it's total myth. You don't need to be a human physio to be an animal physiotherapist. I would say that having some good background really is helpful. Um, I'm a veterinary nurse before I became a physio, and I think that that has been a large reason for my success, and it's certainly a big bonus for me because I feel like I know what the dogs have been through when they've had surgery and stuff like that. So when they come in and they say they're on drug X, Y, Z, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know all that. That's all fine. And, you know, you can have nice chats with people and, and really understand what they've been through. Um, but... No, you don't have to be a human physio, so which is good because I would be totally grossed out if I had to do that. <laughs> I'm not Absolutely. a people person. <laughs> it's really funny because with Doga, I had thousands of people over the years, I mean thousands in total, asking me, uh, can you train me to become a Doga teacher? Um, I want to learn Doga. I want to become a Doga teacher. And this has been such a difficult area. I have not yet trained anybody. People have nicked ideas halfway through come online or done one class, walked away, opened a doga studio or something like that in another country. I have seen the cruelest things from people not understanding that this is actually something really serious and you need to be able to teach humans first safely, meaning you need two to three years teaching experience as a yoga teacher confident enough to run an actual human yoga class because you're going to have the dogs running around you're going to have accidents you're going to have people being very unsure and also and you need to be able to reassure these people that it's going to be okay that's number one you need to be a qualified yoga teacher the doga side is still developing because yeah the, the doga side is actually my because i sort of invented it, Dogamani, I'm still exploring it. So I don't feel even safe now to, to hand over this, this knowledge to somebody and say, go ahead and become a doga teacher, unless there is an insurance attached to it. I feel responsible for the person that I train. I feel responsible and I also don't want to be sued at the end of the day. And I don't want that person to have the worst experience and, and not be covered. But and it's a long process, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. I mean, 
your situation, obviously, with Doga, you're you are doing the people are doing the yoga as well. So of course they need to know how to do human yoga because the you know the people are doing the yoga. So absolutely, that makes total sense. And then as for copying it and going elsewhere, I've had that you know question put to me before, and you know from my business point of view, and you know, and it does happen. You're absolutely right, and it's frustrating as hell. Um, but the way I see it as well is I just have to ignore it because at the end of the day, what I do know is that nobody can just take my experience. Nobody can do that. My experience is mine. And you know, somebody can go and copy an exercise all they like, but that does not mean that they could copy it on 10, 12 dogs because 10, 12 dogs are different than the one they've gone off and copied it on first. And, you know, most often... It would be like an owner might go and copy something they've seen me do. And I do tell owners not to do that unless I've actually specifically shown them because I'm not necessarily explaining everything I'm doing unless I've got an owner who's going to actually do the exercise. And then I would explain it all properly. Um, and, you know, and I do get some that come back and say, well, I saw what you were doing. So I copied that and I think, OK. Um, but I know that, you know, on their own dog that they could feel the muscles X, Y, Z. But if they moved on to a different breed, they would probably be completely lost because it's completely different. Like it's going to feel completely different, different tensions, different muscle bolts, different everything. And so, you know, I, I think that you have to have faith that you're not actually replaceable. You're not actually recreatable. So, you know, like somebody might, like you say, go off and copy some of the stuff you've done. But actually, their classes are probably going to be quite short sighted. They are going to not necessarily have the, the repertoire that you've got, the, you know, the breadth. The, the variety within it um, and you know like you know the vibe as well because that's that's a big thing being able to chill and chill everybody in it is that's the special thing and that's not not everybody can recreate that and so you know it, I think you know you do need to get your course out there so that you can get people sharing it because it you know you can't you can't do it all yourself um, but I do understand you also, it's your baby and you don't want it done badly and all that. I completely get that. Um, but that's why if you treat it, teach it yourself, then you know you've done the best you can. Um, or have interns. Um, <laughs> that would be cool. Um, if you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create Podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen, listen, bitch. Oh, listen, make, make, make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Bad, uh, I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both up. <laughs> for the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for music in my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm so let's glad go. no one can see me right now because I'm doing, I was doing some weird dance moves. Yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> Prefer a deep chat? Connie's got you covered on How Are You? The Wellbeing Podcast. I just became a lot more productive and happier mm. and for me like that's just worth it the weekly roast music in my life and how are you just three more podcasts to feast your ears on find them wherever you found this podcast mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You have a DVD out, a uh, puppy massage uh, DVD. How's that going? And and ha- has it been successful? I, I can imagine it's becoming very successful now with the new lockdown puppies. It it is, yes. I mean, I yeah, I took it to Crofts, and you know, uh, Alan um, Alan Carr and uh, uh, Claire Balding were amazing and had me on an interview on their Crofts Extra, um, and that was really amazing. I really- I really enjoyed that. And um, so, yeah, it has been very, very popular. And, you know, dog, dogs, uh, discovered dogs went there and sold those there and stuff. And I've had people buy it from all over the world as well, which has been amazing. But technology moves forwards. And as a result, I had to get it online because I see people are saying, but I haven't got a DVD player. So um, if you've got a DVD player, there is a DVD. But if you haven't got a DVD player, there is now an online course as well, um, which you've you, um go on my website, you'll be able to see a link in the, the courses section. Um, and then it will take you off to the site where it's hosted. So um, and then you have lifetime access to it as well there. So yeah, it's a lovely course. And that's www.animalphysiotherapy.org.uk. Org.uk, so we don't go to the wrong website. Can we get a taster in some massage today? I am so excited because usually I'm the one who does the doga, but today you are going to teach me something. Um, what will it be? If you want to, it's all about calm. So calm is the important thing. And one of my dogs is going to get involved. Which one? Logan, did you just shout at me? Do you want to get involved? Okay, so the point of doing head massage is that we have a really nice, calm and relaxed environment. Obviously, you can see Swagger is ridiculously calm, and that's fantastic. Um, But if you don't have a calm dog, the setting of the environment is absolutely essential. So for me, I always put some music on, so it'll be some nice, chilled um, classical music. Actually, there is evidence to suggest reggae music is the most relaxing for dogs, which is very interesting. So whatever works for you and your dog is perfect. Equally, if you don't like reggae music, you won't be relaxed. 
So it's got to be what you like as well as what the dog likes, okay? And I might also use some stuff in the environment, like some pet remedy or adaptil, um, just to make the environment smell better. Um, and if you're using adaptil, then it's like an, uh, there's um, it's pheromone therapy as well. So everything's about making everything calm and just relaxing. And when the dog's relaxed, you can you can crack on. Now, I always start with a head massage because it gets them ready to get them used to my hands and gets them ready for having the rest of their body massaged. But if they are not relaxed with having their head touched, then obviously you would start somewhere else. So you would massage a different part of their body, um, all depending on what the dog wants you to do. Um, but if they are happy with head massage, then you can begin. Now, another point here is that his position is not the most ideal for me to personally massage, but this is how he wants to be, so that's the important bit. So for me, what I try and do is sort of cup the head so that we've got some nice pressure on. And as you can see, I'm having to adapt my hands according to his position, and he's given me his face first. So I'm going to stroke the nose back all the way up to the cheek. So stroking with the flat thumbs all the way back along from the nose to the back of the head. Now equally, because he's facing me, just in case your dog does this, don't stare him out. No dog wants to be stared at. So if you have to do this, even shut your eyes would be great or just make sure you're looking elsewhere. So stroking along and then when you're ready to move on, you can do either the bottom jaw if they'll allow that stroking along or we then move on to their cheeks and their cheeks do an awful lot of work because they are always eating chewing talking they've got a lot of muscles in their face to do all the expressions because they are very very good communicators so doing these small um, circles on their cheek muscles is really relaxing for them so small circles again with the flat parts of your fingers and do it slowly. If you do it fast, it's invigorating and can make them get all excited. And you want them to be nice and calm and relaxed, a nice slow movement. And then when we've done here, I move up onto the top of their heads and I stroke back through their foreheads and their, the top of their head muscles. So again, I'm just sliding my thumbs backwards from the eyebrows to the top of their ear or to the bottom of their ears. And again, you can do small circles when you get to the back of the head as well. And these muscles, they're all, again, used for expression, but also for their biting and playing. You know, they do actually engage all these muscles at the top of their head a lot. And it you know, pulls their ears up and all sorts of things. So, you know, make sure that you get in there. This is, this is really nice. Is he nice, Swagger? Yes. His eyes are trying not to close, aren't they, Swagger? Oh, bless him. So lots of small circles there. And then you can also do some brow massage. And I just apply some pressure just on the fronts of their, their, the tops of their eye bones, basically, where the skull is there. Just hold some pressure and then move your thumb slightly apart. And that's it. Nice yawn, swagger. Well done. There we go. Nice and calm. And then I tend to move back onto their ears. And again, if my hands were the other way around, it would be far easier. But with their ears, I try and just slide my thumbs along and do some pressure along the whole of the ears. Slide the thumbs along and hold some pressure on the ears. When you hold pressure on the ears, the dogs do actually get an endorphin release. So that is a feel good factor for them. Slide thumbs along and hold. Obviously I'm pulling my hands off the end of, um, end of um, Swagger's ears 
but not sort of pulling them off his head. So uh, don't pull on them too hard. It's just a, a little bit of pressure. Just move you this way a little bit. There we go. Okay, so the um, one bit that I do like to always add to a head massage as well is gum massage, which sounds a bit weird because you think, oh God, that's weird. Um, but gum massage is actually really relaxing. Um, and the other thing is that this can be a really good thing to teach because it helps get them used to having their uh, gums and teeth done. Because um, obviously we should be brushing our dog's teeth, their teeth every day, um, but they don't necessarily like it to start with. But this is a very, very good way of getting them used to that process. Now, if you can imagine I've got a glass of water here, which I don't have, you just need to make your fingers wet before you do this because it will be a bit weird otherwise. But you're literally just gonna lift up their gum and don't get yourself bitten, obviously, if your dog doesn't like it, you don't do it. Um, but you lift up their gum and you should be able to just do small circles on their gum and just move your way back. And obviously you can see he was actually really tolerant of that. And they do tend to like it a lot more than you realise. And if they don't want you doing circles, you can just hold pressure on. You see he's just happily tolerating me, sticking my fingers in his mouth and just moving up. It's actually surprisingly relaxing. And if you do it on yourself, you'll realise how much that pressure is actually feel quite nice. And it's a really good precursor to getting them used to having their teeth brushed. So that is how to do some gum massage. There you go. Thank you, Donna Wills, for this wonderful head and gum massage. Um, there is so much more we want to learn. You. Uh, We'd love to have you back on the show and we'd like to thank you from the bottom of our hearts that, uh, for your time because I know you've been extremely busy uh, with dogs, rehabilitating dogs and, and all the work that you're doing is just amazing. Um, but we'd love to have you back you're on the show. Yeah, and I'd love to come on and thank you so much. And I wish you all the best as always with everything that you do and I will see you in the outside world very soon. On that note, Namapo, Namaste. Namapo, Namaste. Thanks for listening to Conversations with My Dog. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps others to find us. And talking of spreading the news, please tell another person about the podcast and help us reach more people and dogs. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Namapa. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.